piggyback on the stuff of someone else or grabs onto his coattails and double jumps across the river. So he gets schlepped across. The same thing if you double the Talmud Chachamim, then you're going to be Zoycha also to Trias HaMesim, even in Amaris. And that's. Then Kayotzi Boy says in the Gemara, Akosu Boy Mel Ladovka Boy, Vichyavshin the Dovik Bishrina, Valohu Eish Oichla, Elohi Dovik the Chachom in the Talmudaya. And it includes a whole list. Masibito Tamit Chochem, Misafrakmatu Tamit Chochem. Ramam has a lotion, Mischaber Imam Bechol Mine Chibur, in Hilchus Deus. There's a very, very cute Maise Shahoya. It was a, one of the Gedolim, he was a Talmud of Ramadcha Banet. And he lived around the time of the Chassam Seifer. So he, his name was Rabbi Yehuda Ashod. I don't know what his family name was, but he came from the city of Ashod, which is a city in Hungary. And he wrote the Shabbos to Chubas Yehuda Yala. But he's called Rabbi Yehuda Ashod, the Mahari Ashod. The Mahari Ashod in one of his Chubas tells the following, Maise Shahoy, he had a Talmud who became a chosn. And uh, apparently to someone who was the daughter of a substantial Talmud Chacham in a faraway town. And he was going there <clears throat> to meet his future shver. And he wanted a letter, a hamlotza from his Rebbe, from the Maria Asad, just telling him what kind of a wonderful Talmud he is. And he gave him such a letter. He describes at the beginning of the tshuva that my Talmud arrived, it was right after Shachris, and I went over to him and I asked him, so what, how did your shver respond to my letter? And <clears throat> very sheepishly, he answers his Rebbe that he said, go back and tell your Rebbe there's no Amoritz bizman hazeh. The Shalichus Yeridea, whether the Din Amoritz applies bizman hazeh or not. <laughs> so, uh, he felt like, you know, this was like a, a patch, you know, like like he was offended. You're calling me an Amaris. There's no Amaris, Bismana said. So he says he went home and he was very perplexed. And he was wondering what is it that he wrote in the letter that could have made him react like that. And he realized that what he had written was that by taking this young Talmud Chochem into your home and marrying your daughter to him, you will be zeichet to be mekayim the mitzvah of ladov kavoy. That's what he wrote. And then he says, now I understand what he meant, but I also understand that he made a mistake. And this is what he says. He says, the Gemara is telling you two separate things. And what that Talmud Chochem did was he conflated the two. He merged them as one. Gemara first has a problem. What about the Amel Eretz and Tchiyas Amesim? So the Gemara says that there's a Neitzah. If they cleave to Talmidei Chachomim, so when the Talmidei Chachomim will be Zoycha, they'll be Zoycha as well. So there's a solution for Talmidei Chachomim by embracing the Amel Eretz, that the Amel Eretz will also be Zoycha to Tchiyas Amesim. But then the Gemara continues on its own track. Since they mentioned the Dveikus Bashem, that they should be David Bechachom and Betamideya, so they tell you in general, anyone 
Talmud Chochom or not, needs to be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Uladav Kavoy. But how can he be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Kavoy? Hashem is Eish Oichlo. How can you cleave to fire? So he answers the same thing. And that applies even to Talmud Chochom. If a Talmud Chochom wants to be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Kavoy, he also needs to cleave to other Talmud Chochom. That's how he understood the Gemara. So B'Kitzer, a Talmud Chacham, when he cleaves to Talmud Chachamim, is just Mekayim the Mitzvah Dov Kavod. And Amaretz, when he cleaves to Talmud Chachamim, besides being Mekayim the Mitzvah Dov Kavod, he also has the merit of Tchiyas Hamas. That's how he learned the Gemara. How did the Shver learn the Gemara? His Talmud's future father-in-law. He learned the Gemara that for a Talmud Chacham, he doesn't need to cleave to other Talmud He has the Torah. And there's no greater connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu than that. So when the Gemara said, Uladav Kavoy, marry Talmud children, and uh, do business with Talmud HaChomim, etc., etc., that's because the Gemara is continuing with the Gemara. So he learned that the whole Gemara is about Gemara. And the Nafkamino, or the Machlok, is between them is whether someone who is not an Amaretz needs to cleave to other Talmidei Chacham and to the Mekayim of the Dov Kavod. And Maria Asad said yes, and the Shver said no. I always thought that this is a Machlokas Rishonim and how you touch the Gemara. What is the reason that cleaving to Talmidei Chacham makes you Mekayim of the Dov Kavod? The Rambam but he says, very famous Rambam, how he begins, right? You all know that. Derech B'yosu Shaladam, person is subject to Hashpa. He's subject to the influences of his environment. He has Choshev people, Tzadikim, Tavidei Chachomim, he'll be inspired by them. If Chas V'Sholem, he's surrounded by bad people, he'll be influenced by that. Rambam, that famous Rambam where he says what happens if he's in a Medina where everybody is like that and he's afraid of their hashpa, so he should run for his life quotes the Pesach even if I have to go into the desert as long as I can avoid these horrible people so according to the Rambam the aside of this idea is influence you are influenced by the environment that you're in by the connection to people that you make. You're going to be mushpa by others. And then the Rambam says, mitzvah right after he finishes that whole psychological essay of his, first halacha, he says, the mitzvah is So you see clearly from that Rambam that the concept of cleaving to Talmidei Chachamim isn't some magical or mystical thing. Cleaving to Tamidei Chachamim is as close as you can get to Shur Hashem. He says, Pasha, cleaving to Tamidei Chachamim is because that's going to provide you with a positive Hashpah. And that positive Hashpah is Ludov Kavod. That's how you cleave to HaKadosh So it means, in other words, and according to the Raman, you can't cleave to HaKadosh You have to cleave to the Torah. You have to cleave to Tamidei Chachamim. And the reason you have to cleave to them, and that's what Ludov Kavod is teaching me, 
is because I always have to be in a positive environment. I have to be with the right friends. I have to have the right rebellion. And therefore, it would seem to me that looking back at this Gemara, which is the source of the Rambam, that the Gemara must be telling us the following. The Gemara must be telling us that whether a person is an Amaaretz or a Talmud Chacham, he has to have the right friends. So the Maria side is right. Even a Talmud Chacham, if he's in a bad environment, he'll sour. If he doesn't, if the Rambam was not talking about Amaaretz, Rambam says everybody. There's a mitzvah to be dubbed because Amaaretz Because he starts out by saying that your environment influences you. If you have a person in a bad environment, the Torah that he learned is not going to save him. If you have a person with bad friends, the friends will bring him down. So if that's the case, then a Ludov Gavoy itself is Shaykh even to Tamid And that's what Yehuda Hassan was trying to say. That now that you take this young man into your home, you will have the opportunity, no matter how big a Talmud Chacham you are. problem is he didn't add those few words. No matter how big a Talmud Chacham you are. But you will now have the opportunity to be Makai, the Mitzvah Ludov Gavoy. Mashiach and other Rishonim, I believe, when they learned the Gemara, they didn't learn that it's a matter of influence. They learned simply, you have to be Dovik and Hashem. That's not possible. So you do second best. Meaning, in other words, you have to be as close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as you can. So who are they talking to? A person who's learning Torah, Yom and Balayla? No, because he's as Dovik to Hashem as he can be. What's going to be the bonus if he's Dovik and other Talmud Chachamim? If the idea is being as close to Hashem. He is already as close to Hashem. He's as close to Hashem because he's learning Hashem's Torah. So it's going to make a difference that he marries off his children to Talmud Chachamim, the Gabi this part, or, or that he does business with them. He's probably not doing business altogether. So if that's the case, what's the Gemara talking about? That who should be Dovik B'chachamim the Talmudayim to be Mekayim Uludov Kabayim? The person who doesn't have Torah itself. So that was the opinion of the Shvet. So then the whole Gemara is talking about Amayaretz. Because the Talmud Chacham doesn't need it. Because to cleave to Hashem, he has the Torah. So that was the Machoikas between the two. So obviously that's not what he told you about Chiyas HaMesim. <laughs> but once you mention it, Hashda Dasin and Lahachav, I wanted to share a thought with you that I was uh, mulling over is Shiras begins with the words Oz Yoshe, Oz. So there's a famous Yalkut Shemayni, the Medrash tells us, Oz Sarach Oz Very famous Medrash. Medrash is telling me that Moshe Rabbeinu had a problem with which began with the word Oz. And he fixed it, he did Shuvah Kilayochel by the other Oz, which is the first Oz, at the end of Parsha Shmois, Moshe Rabbeinu complains to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he says, Umei Oz, Bosi El Pare Ledabe Mishmecha, Heira Lo Om Hazeh, Hatzei Elohi Tzalta Etzamech. Two times. First of all, it got worse, not better. You said that you're coming to save Bnei Yisrael, and actually their situation became much worse. And then, Hatzei Lohi Tzalta, you didn't save them. 
promised that you would save them. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu has kindness to him. He says, no, you're not like Avram Yitzhak Yaakov, I appeared B'Kel Shaka, Yushmi Hashem L'Nei Dati Lam, etc., etc. So how is Ba'oz Tikein? Oz Yoshe Moshe Bnei Yisrael Sashir Asas. What is the Pshat of this Medrash? Not only that, the word Oz and May Oz are two different words, just because they have Aleph Zion in it. Because May Oz, it's not May Oz. It's May Oz. May Oz means since. May Oz, Oz Yalparo, ever, Alparo, ever since I came to Alparo, Hei Ralom got worse. And Oz Yoshe Moshe means then. Since and then are two separate words. It doesn't matter that it has the same shoyrish of Aleph Zion, but they're two separate words. So what does it mean? But Oz, Sarach, he was Makalko, Sarach. Sirchon is something that stinks. Oz, Sarach, Oz, I think the Pshad is like this, and I think it's a very important idea. We, we have very limited capacity to see beyond our noses, because we are human beings. We are Basavadam. When we contemplate something that the Rabbanu Shalom does, we are always in the here and now. And when you have that sense of the here and now, you have a very strong likelihood to make a gross error in your evaluation of what HaKadosh Baruch is doing. Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to see beyond ourselves. We, don't, we can't peer into the future. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But we should never make the mistake of thinking that what we see is what we get when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ways are unknown to us. When he came and HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him what to do, when he comes to Paro, he comes to Bnei Yisrael, and all of a sudden Paro says, It should get worse. So basically, there was a, on the part of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was a breakdown. He simply fell apart. He's the person who's the Raya Naman. He's worried about even these little sheep that strayed. And he has regret in Harata that he didn't realize that he's thirsty. And he comes and gently and deliberately picks him up and carries him, brings him some water. But such a sensitive person such a sensitive person cannot handle the fact that through him, through his intermediation, Bnei Yisrael actually suffering more than ever. So he comes with kindness, because he can't see that this, according to some of Hashem, actually reduced the number of years because they worked even harder, it was worse for them. Other Mephoshim say that in order to perform the Nisim and the Flores, he needed that, that the paro should get more aggressive. But whatever it is, there's no way that Moshe Rabbeinu, as great as he is, unless he receives Binavua, a picture of the future, is going to be able to understand that that future is happening. So what does a person normally think? He said that he's going to relieve the tremendous suffering of Bnei Israel. Right? So he comes with an enthusiasm and all of a sudden everything falls apart. So not being able to see into the future, he judges HaKadosh Baruch Hu according to the Ene Basel Adon. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no. 
So how was that fixed? Now they're in a moment of triumph. Couldn't be anything greater than that. The enemy is destroyed. They are saved. That is the peak, the ultimate. What Moshe Rabbeinu realized is that in the same way that when things get worse instead of better, he cannot judge, that when things are great, he can't judge. Which means that what I see is not the ultimate. It doesn't have to be the ultimate. So it's very interesting. The Pasuk says, it's a famous Pasuk, it's brought down in the Gemara Brachas, it's brought down by the Ramban and the Chodesh Hosek says, when the Geula Shlema will happen, it's going to be such a great Yeshua, such an unbelievable, cataclysmic event, the Geula Shlema, Yemois HaMashiach, that people will no longer emphasize. It's machloikas. But the Chachomim say, and Ben Zoyma says, isn't there a puzzle that says, don't forget about Yemais HaMashiach? Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? They're not going to speak about Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim anymore? Because Yemais HaMashiach will be so great? And what do they answer? They answer, no, it doesn't mean that they'll be forgotten completely. It's like Yaakov and uh, Yisrael. And the name that Yaakov still remember it, but Yisrael is the Ikra. And Yaakov is Tafel. So too, the Gula Shleim will be Kibaldi, but they'll still remember that there was once a Gula called Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. That's the opinion of the Chacham. And Ben Zayma doesn't agree. Ben Zayma says they won't mention Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim anymore. That's why Kol Yemei must be Balelis. Because it can't be with my son. So there's this machloikas between Ben Zayim and Chachamim. To what extent will you even mention the glory of Yitzias Mitzrayim? How could that be? There's nothing greater than that. The answer is Oz Yashir, Oz Shor Lo Neamar, Elo Oz Yashir. It means that the Geula that you see in front of your eyes doesn't have to be the ultimate Geula, because no human being can anticipate the kind of future that HaKadosh Baruch has in store for us. So it's very interesting, at the end of the Shira, it says, What's the last words? Hashem Yimuch Lo'alam is the end of the Shira that is an Oz Yoshir kind of Shira. That he sees that this is not Dafka the end of the Geulah. This isn't the ultimate Yeshua of Klai Yisrael. This isn't the final destination. So that's how he fixes the us. He realizes that no human being, even in moments of tremendous triumph, can comprehend what things will be like in the Geulah that HaKadosh Baruch promises. So when HaKadosh Baruch tells them, I'll take you out of Mitzrayim, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. 
But the ultimate Vehevesi is going to be And that's the Tikkun of Oz Yoshir in the future tense. Oz Oz In fact, that's what Chazal tells us, that that's a remez even for Tchiyas HaMesim. So that's the full circle. He made the mistake of not seeing except with the eyes of flesh and imagining that's how Kodesh Baruch Hu thinks. And the Mele Kodesh Baruch Hu failed him. And he comes to the Maskana that even in triumph we shouldn't be deluding ourselves into thinking that this is the ultimate end and the ultimate goal. That's uh, what I wanted to share with you. So, I think that clock is a little bit off. <laughs> what time is it now? 540. This is Hashem Yisrael. I'm going to suggest to work on Amuna. Amuna. I was about to say, when you find out, let me know. <laughs> the Rav once said, if you have any questions, you don't have any answers. And if you don't have any questions, you don't have any answers. When you speak about a moon, it's a very interesting thing. Where is a person coming from? Is he coming from a place where he has to reinforce the moon that he already has? But he's coming from a place of doubt and he's not really confident about having Emunah. That's a very big difference in the two different discussions. I, I have this very strong feeling. I'm teaching to Hillel with the Medrash. But I happen to be learning Kapitel Yutes. Perik Yutes is Hashemai. We all know it. Maybe you don't know that it's number 19, but you all know the capital by heart. And it's very, very interesting. Suddenly in the middle, you don't pay attention when we dive into these subtleties. The middle, after it describes the cosmos in various detail, all of a sudden, and there's nothing in between. There's no layering of explanation. Why am I going from A to B? And I was saying to myself that this capital is unbelievable because it's really presenting to us the two ways that you know Hashem. And the Rambam famously, when it gets to the Yad HaZoka, at least, coming from, I mean, Sefer Mitzvah, which he wrote earlier, is Chibur and Sefer Mitzvah. In Sefer Mitzvah, he talks about the Sifri. But he gets to the Mitzvah of Kriya Shema and Limud HaToyim. So he speaks about So the Mitzvah of Abbas Hashem. So how do you get to Abbas Hashem? So you get to Abbas Hashem by learning Torah. Torah Hashem brings you to Abbas Hashem. Where does it say that? In the Sifri. What do they say? It says, You have to so the Hemshech is because that's what brings you to Abba Sashem. The Rambam, for some reason, Hagam that he mentions it in the Sefer Mitzvahs does not make a zecher of it in the Yadah So how does the Rambam describe the Mitzvah of Abba Sashem in Yadah 
The Rambam has second period in Yisraeli HaTorah. Okeo, Anod HaZeh, whatever. The one that HaKadosh Baruch Hu described, Ba'arichus, the mitzvah to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Yichud HaShem, and so on, in Perik Aleph of Yisrael HaTorah. So this Hashem that I'm talking about, mitzvah la'avo Yisrael, ulyiru mimenu. Sheneamar, v'hafta is Hashem lo'kecha, and es Hashem lo'kecha t'ira. Then the Rambam says, how do you come to Abbas Hashem? You know this Rambam? Very famous Rambam. Person looks up at the cosmos, he looks at a sunset, he looks at a cell, he looks at an enzyme, he's suddenly unbelievably in love with HaKadosh Baruch who created all of this, who managed this, this incredible and sophisticated system. He studies quantum mechanics and Schrodinger's cat, and he's nismali with tremendous alba for Hakadosh Baruch Unbelievable! And that's the post success. Someone actually will kim lekel God of all living things. And then he says that era is when you realize how close you are to Hakadosh Baruch In this alba, you get scared out of your wits because who are you? You are nothing. And that's what David Amelach says. My enosh kisses kerenu. So he jumps back like it's such an electric current. And he realizes that he's absolutely nothing. So that's Abba, that's Europe. So the Ramam is talking about understanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, discovering him, and loving him as a result, from basically from Teva. That's the Pashat Shad of the Ramam. Why the Ramam didn't mention learning Torah is a mystery. I, I once thought that simply the Ramam has a mitzvah that's universal. Abbas Hashem is required of women as well. Women don't learn Torah. They're not mechuyiv to learn Torah. So what about the women? So the haftes Hashem can't come from Bohe Avorim the Shinanta Muvanel. So where will they come to awareness of Hashem? So he gave a dover Hashem Lachal Nefesh. And that is discovering the Kodesh Baruch and the Dream. So I had a problem. You have a massive number of scientists really capable people who are on the cutting edge and are just making discoveries of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness almost every other day. They have not this web telescope then. Why not? So it's, it's really an incredible feat of engineering. So that's a human kishra. But what they're going to be discovering is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Bria. So how come we don't have hundreds of thousands of brilliant scientists totally enamored with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. On the contrary, the opposite is happening now. They're basically ignoring HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe they don't believe in anything at all. Academic communities, Bichlal, are not havens for Ma'aminim. Of any kind of Ma'aminim. So what happened? What went wrong? What's wrong with the Rebona Shalom and his Bria that it doesn't bring a person to that kind of Abbas Hashem that the Rambam is talking about? Or where did the Rambam go wrong? So the answer is very partial. The way I say it, if you don't start with Perik Aleph, you're not going to have anything out of Perik Beis. You know, you have to start that there is a Rebona Shalom. Because otherwise, all you see is your own Kaifas. 
All you see and all you conclude is that the more time goes on through the scientific method, we have been able to do things that make our ancestors look like a bunch of idiots. Because they thought that this was this and this was that. They knew nothing. They didn't know about a cell. They didn't know that in a drop of water there are billions of little creatures. They didn't know anything. They don't know about leptons and quarks and, 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 and Higgs bosons. They don't know anything. So I have, I have to listen to them. I have to pay attention to them. I have to have, to have fealty to their ideas about anything else. They don't know this. Maybe they didn't know that. And in any case, where is God anyhow? When was the last time? And of course, God doesn't strike any of them down. And if Chas Shalom he does, he strikes a tzaddik down too, who's a big man. So obviously, there's nothing to talk about. So what does he see instead? He sees the Ani. The irony of ironies is that the same Rambam tells me that that Ava leads to Yira. And what is Yira? A feeling of total inadequacy. And, and the person leaving out Kodesh Baruch Hu, his Ava is to himself. And his feeling is a feeling of unbelievable gaiva. Yeah, unbelievable gaiva. Because I can do something that the greatest minds and the greatest scientists weren't able to do. Before Einstein, before Niels Bohr, before the latest, you know, what did they know? What did they know in biology? What did they know about how a tadpole becomes a frog? Nothing. The flies have it. The tadpole suddenly becomes a frog. So tell me, how does that work? How does it happen? Nobody knows. Now we know. Around the verge of knowing. How is it that the butterfly knows how to get back to some place in Mexico? Food is here. Some place in Mexico is traveling thousands of miles. A manak butterfly. You know what a manak butterfly? You blow on it and it disappears. It's so fragile. It's so frail. It's gorgeous butterflies. You know about multicolor manak butterfly. A robin travels thousands of miles. How do they do that? So the answer is, they have certain kaifas in their eyes that work the magnetic field of the earth and can detect the slightest change, and they adjust themselves accordingly. So how, who, when was the first time that they discovered something like that? So the answer is, I don't know, 30 years ago. And what, what was it before that? It's a mystery. Neflois ha'boyre. So b'shoshim is v'inin adam without peirin aleph, all you think about is how much we've accomplished, how much the human mind with the scientific method was able to do. So we live in a tkufa where we're learning all of these things and reading all these books, and it's not going to help you to tear out pages from the beginning that speak about evolution or about the age of the earth or about this or that. That's not where it's at. Where it's at is that the human being is the center of everything, and the same human being is looking for planets where there are other human beings of the daimalai because it's inconceivable to them, it would share their philosophy that there's only one place in the entire cosmos which is so incredibly vast that there could be human beings. That's not Shaykh, because then maybe there is a God. <laughs> and that's certainly not Shaykh. So we're living in that Kufa. Art Kufa is the first Kufa, I believe, that the sense of basic emuna is challenged 
a priori. And it's true whether you're a Jew or you're a Christian or just about any other Muslim. It makes no difference. Because ultimately, they all believe there is a God. And they believe that there is no God. And that it's, be, it's stupid to think that there is a God. In that, in that kind of environment, a person has to be mischazic tremendously. Getting back to the beginning, you have to hang around the right people. You have to hang around the right people to realize that the human limitation is such that HaKadosh Boko allows us to be stupid enough to think that we are the center of everything and nothing else exists. So it's, how, how do you develop that understanding and feeling? Is by being amongst people who are completely averse to HaKadosh Boko. That's really the, the only answer that I have. If that people that are intoxicated with Hashem, madly in love with the Torah, and realize that without the Rebbeinu Shalom, there is nothing. And those people, ironically, don't necessarily have to do with science at all. And that's why some people say, well, what's the point? They don't know what's going on. They don't understand. They don't appreciate the questions. So that's why they don't have any questions. But it's not like that. It's true, they don't appreciate the questions. But the main reason they don't appreciate the questions is because they have the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their blood. They're always davening to Hashem. Hashem is as real as real can be. The Masoira is as real as real can be. And that, I think, is ultimately how a person develops the Muna. It's the same thing like person cleaves to Talmidei Chacham and he's in the right environment. I think that's what the Rav meant. And he says, those who don't have any questions don't need any answers. It's where you are. I, I, I had this... Uh, I always have tsar when I hear that somebody goes off to a college somewhere. I've always felt that basically he's committing suicide. So it's, it's, it's basically a place where you're going to learn to assimilate. Where you're going to learn that the Rav once said that he had a guy on one side in Brookline, on the house to the right, and he had a Jew to the house to the left. And he had much more common with the guy, much more in common with the guy than with the Jew. Because the Jew was a totally secular person. Have to go? A lot more to talk about. Good game. I'll be very upset with me if I don't. I don't come out of my